Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. And welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and we've got an interview today. Woo woo! Um, so this interview is, or today's topic is along the lines of like a multifaceted healthcare facility. I feel like it is um, not a common dream by any means, but it is a dream that I hear a lot of chiropractors saying that they want to work in an atmosphere of integration and collaboration. Now, um, I have a side note on this because holy, 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 holy moly, when you hear about Dr. Aaliyah's clinic that she's built in a freaking short amount of time, it's going to probably blow your mind and be like, I could do that too, which you can. Like she makes it seem like super easy. The entire interview, I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to understand this more because she's making it sound so easy. But along the lines of collaboration, I saw something on social media a while ago that was like, you know, if you one day dream of having a clinic that has lactation services and OB and massage and acupuncture and physical therapy and everybody working together, um, step one is start working with those people in your town. And it talked about like, you don't need to be under the same roof to start that process of really working together and creating a team atmosphere. You can create a team atmosphere with the OB that's there and the physical therapist that's there and the acupuncturist that's there. Um, so, you know, for those that are listening and are inspired, but like sad because they're like, oh, I don't think I could do that for five to 10 years because of whatever, like it can start now and just realize that like God places these seeds of desire in your heart. Um, and that like, it's not, if that's in your heart, that's not in everyone's heart. It's not in my heart. I don't want to have a multifaceted practice. Like, so just in case you're wondering like, oh, but every prenatal and pediatric chiropractor feels that way. Nope, that's not true. I love having OBs that refer to us. I love having lactation people I can send to, but like, I don't really feel the need to have it all under one house. So if you're listening and you're like, this is what I want, good. Keep like watering that soil and like know that there are steps between here and there that you can take. You don't have to just wait until you one day have a $2 million building or I don't know. I don't know how much her building is. It just sounds really amazing. So, okay, before we get in to everything, 
I have to tell you about my neighbor. So there is this weird house on the corner and it's definitely, it's like this old Victorian. It's could be just gorgeous. It was gorgeous in its heyday, but, um, it's really run down. Like, I don't know how many units are in there. Like nobody's mowing that lawn. It definitely probably selling math. I'm not sure. Um, but they have decided in the last year that they're going to start like, cause it's on a corner of two main streets in our three main street kind of town that that's where they're going to sell stuff from their front yard. And so there's weird stuff, but like for the most part, it's been normal, you know, some deck chairs, um, a lawnmower, a kid's slide. So the other day, Kirby's like, I am pretty sure our neighbors are selling an autopsy table. And I'm like, what? How would you even know? Like, I've been in Cadaver Lab, although those aren't autopsy, like, what? How? No, I'm sure it's just like a metal table. No, sure as shit, you guys, it is totally an autopsy table. And they want $450 for it, which like, I mean, props to you that you think that there's enough of a market in our 9,000 people town to just put in a creep. It's not new. It like, you can tell this autopsy table has seen some bodies. Like, yeah, it's, it's not new. Um, yeah, and they're just like, I want $450 for this thing that has been at the crux of many dissections and gross, bloody bodies. Anyway, yeah, there you go. So there's my weird story. It is there. I will take a picture of it, actually, and post it um, so you guys don't, uh, don't think I'm lying. All right, so let's jump into our listener highlight. Um, I'm going to edit the name of this one just because it's not a Google, or not a Google highlight. Um, it's not an Apple podcast review. It is a private message. Um, so we'll just say this is from Sailor. And it says, hi, Dr. Lauren, I've been meaning to reach out to you for a while now and continue to put it off because I just couldn't find the right words. And to be honest, these probably are still not the right words. I mean, talk about a perfectionist. My God, if, if y'all are waiting for the perfect review to write me a review, you don't have to. Uh, I recently graduated in March, moved back to my small Minnesota hometown and started my practice this fall. It's been a whirlwind and not at all how I expected my transition from student to doctor to go. Shout out to you, COVID. Oh, and while I have you here... A few. <laughs> okay, trying to start a business in times like these have been pretty much everything but easy. I've felt angry, unmotivated, alone, and ultimately have questioned whether or not my choice to become a chiropractor was the right one. No one has made me feel valid in these feelings except for you and your podcast. You are authentic, unapologetically yourself, and have such a genuine spirit. I am so thankful I came across your podcast, your story, and ultimately you. So thank you for sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Thank you for normalizing the hard shit, but providing hope in every share. Wishing you and your family a wonderful Thanksgiving. Love and appreciate you. Okay, so I probably could have left that last sentence out. She apparently wrote this at Thanksgiving. You guys, you know what's sad? I don't know if I ever responded to her. Oh my gosh. Random renamed sailor lady. Um, wow, I hope I did. Ugh. But there's, you know, you can get lost in my DMs, that's for sure. So anyways, I you are probably listening to this. Thank you so much for sending that message. Even if I don't respond, um, I read them for sure. And just like my heart just goes, oh, thank you. Um, but that also, side note, is if 
If you were waiting on me to get back to you about being on your podcast or talking to your club and you're like, dude, this Lauren chick's a bitch. She like is ghosting me. Nope. I just forgot. I totally forgot because I I lost it. And people like message me on my work email and my podcast email, my private email and my private Instagram and my work they're everywhere. People are just messaging me and I'm like, oh, I lost it. Whoopsie doodle. Sorry. Um, and my memory is so bad. Okay, no, one more side note, and then we will get to our host. So we have two clinics, and we have kind of a crew of people that, like, works in each clinic on, well, no, I work with two people, and then there's our one page, or her one employee who works at the other clinic who comes over to my clinic two days a week. They're both my clinics, but the clinic I adjust at. Two mornings a week, she comes over and does the financials like just sits at a computer and does a lot of financial shit. Very, very important job. Now, on one of the mornings, I'm not there. I have that morning off and my other doctor is working. So there's one morning a week where she is there and it's Thursday mornings. And every Thursday, this has been going on for three, four months that she's come over on Thursdays to do financials. When she walks in the door, I am like giddy and excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot you're working with me today. And it's just this joke because I legitimately am like, what am I even doing in life? Just walking around like, how do I not know where my employees are? And how can I not after months remember it's Thursday, Abby's coming. Like, but no, I'm just like, just joyfully surprised that I get enough, I get to work with her on Thursday morning. So a wacko. Okay, let's get into it. So Dr. Aaliyah is in every sense a people person, which is what makes her so good at her craft. Um, her entire interview is so delightful. I just really liked her right off the bat. So yes, her chiropractic and acupuncture skills are excellent, but it's her ability to connect with her patients, both young and old, that make her extra special. She has a knack for making appointments enjoyable for everyone, and her little patients adore her. She and her sister started an integrated wellness clinic in Toronto called WellBe, and, it's feature, and it features chiropractors, naturopaths, acupuncture, three kinds of physiotherapy, massage, social work, psychotherapy, and yoga. Um, and she's here today to tell you how she did it. And you guys, like, if you're expecting a five-year, it was a grind, and like, she makes this shit sound so easy. I'm like, wow, it's, it's incredible. It also, the number of staff she has stresses me out. Just because um, people exhaust me, that's basically why I chose a medium where I'm not talking to people, I'm talking to a microphone, and then somehow they listen later. Um, no, like people are just exhausting. So I'm like, wow, that's a whole bunch of employees. And then what happens when you, anyways, I ask all the questions. She answers all the questions. It's great. So before we jump in, take a breath. Let's pray. Dear God. Be with the people listening who are going to listen to this episode and go, yes, that is what I want. The world is going to tell them that they are thinking too big, that it is too difficult, that they don't make enough money, and only if they strike it rich in chiropractic can they then go on to build this. Be with them and tell them that is a lie and that you have placed a seed of a dream in their heart 
and that just because it may not happen the first year in practice, just because it may not happen the first five, 10 years in practice does not mean that you have the plan still in line for them. I feel like so often we get so impatient with, oh, well, God, I got this vision from God or I got this thought flash in a meditation, but like I made a few phone calls and nothing happened from it. So I must have been wrong. We get so inside our own restrictive timelines and you're like, I am lining up all the things. Don't you worry. If it is truly from God, it is going to happen. It just may not happen on your timeline. Also, side shout out, God, to all the people listening who are like me and are like, that sounds exhausting. Um, you know what? You do other things that other people in our profession would just do a slow clap. I'm about, I would clap right now, but Kirby would get mad at me, God. So I'm, you can picture a slow clap and go like, heck yeah, you might not be able to have 35 employees, but you created a course for your patients. You teach lactation classes on the weekend. You somehow managed to see a hundred people in two days because you're home with your children. Oh my God, talk about exhausting. Am I on a tangent in my prayer? Ugh, too much coffee. You know what I mean, God. Be with those people who don't, I don't ever want anyone to feel any shame for thinking big. And I don't want anyone to think, listen to someone else talking big and feel judgment towards themselves. That's not how we uplift this profession and empower each other to just be who we were placed on this earth to be. So in your name we pray, amen. Yeah, I totally got off on a tangent on a prayer. I don't know if that's happened before. I get, I got, I got fire coursing through my veins today, you guys. I just, just, just pulp it. Um, I would be a great preacher, but I would get off on total tangents and people would be like, what the hell did she preach about today? I don't even know. There was something about a fish and then she jumped over. The yeah. So with that being said, here is my interview with Dr. Aaliyah, owner of Wellbe Clinic in Toronto, um, talking about her badass integrated wellness clinic. Okay. So welcome to the show. Um, thank you. I am glad we made this work. You being up in Toronto in crazy craziness we're actually pretty close in geography but very far in like how our pandemic situation is going on totally yeah no I realize like how we're probably well we're not in the same tie zone are we no nope, you're one ahead yeah that's right yeah so but no no it's been it's been I, I'm loving being here with you and talking to you so I'm excited are to your chat. kids home right now they are <laughs> homeschooling, learning something, something super important. No, God, no, no. They're upstairs like on iPads. It's Perfect. the only way I can keep them quiet. Yep. Just sh quiet. Just do, do this. So yes. How, yes. Old are, how old are your kids? So I have a daughter who's six and a son who's four. Okay. Got it. How old are yours? How old are they? They're six and eight. So got it. Yeah. So like they've been in school kind of, um, this whole year, Wisconsin has had, you know, we chose to send them and, but my six-year-old keeps like sitting next to people on the bus who get COVID or something. So she's had to quarantine a couple of times. So it, yeah, like it's, in, and luckily she hasn't gotten it, but like, it's interesting because she's really acting out right now. And I was talking to my husband and I'm like, well, in the last three months between November, December and January, she spent a cumulative of four weeks in school just between having to quarantine and we took a vacation to Punta Cana and like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so it's like, yeah, she's kind of bucking back at like 
not having structure for a while. So mm-hmm. I think kids are going to struggle with this for a long time. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to, well, it'll be, well, we're in it right now. So it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out later. Yeah. I feel for the teachers, but okay. So um, for those that don't know you, I'm, I hate asking this question. It's such a cliche, but like, can you give us your background and who you are <sighs> and how you got to this place? Yeah. So um, I'll keep it pretty short and sweet. Um, so I, um, I'm born and raised in Toronto. Um, I actually went to school. Um, I went to both undergrad and my chiropractic uh, degree was done in Toronto as well. Um, shortly after I graduated, I moved to Australia actually, um, and practiced my first like two or three years in Australia, um, wrote boards there. Um, and then we decided it was the, the economic downturn. So we came back to Canada and while I was in Australia, that's kind of really where I got my footing in terms of Cairo. So I was originally wanted to be a sports chiropractor. Um, as a lot of us can relate, you know, we like, like that athletic, um, patient who is like kind of on the cutting edge and it was kind of interesting. And then I ended up in, I landed in Australia in a family practice. Um, and didn't know what the heck I was doing there and um, got really, really into it, got mentored by, um, it was in a small town, got mentored by one of the few chiropractors there. She used to see a lot of pediatric and prenatal and postnatal. Um, She was kind of like that primary care practitioner for a lot of um, families. Um, And so that's kind of how I got into what I do now, which is family care. Um, And not too long ago, I opened my own practice. Um, We're we're a family wellness clinic. We work in an integrated setting. My physio is working there, um, occupational therapists, um, therapists, naturopathic doctors. um, And so we all work together to help treat families. So essentially, um, you know, and, and all that time I got married and had two kids. So there you go. There you go. You summed that up pretty fast. Um, okay. So when did you, when you came back to Canada, did you do more associateship or did you start then? Yeah, it's really interesting. So I actually came back to Canada and all of my colleagues were in motor vehicle accidents because it was very lucrative. Um, And so I kind of like was trying to get my footing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I even wanted to stay in Canada. Um, And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to take this associateship at a rehab clinic, which is like, I don't know what you guys call it, but it's like motor vehicle accidents, right? Like chronic injuries, people in accidents. Um, And so, and I hated it. Um, I was gonna say that sounds like my worst nightmare and I'm glad in my head I'm like don't say that that is offensive if she loved that okay no no I hated every second of it it wasn't where I wanted to be I I didn't know it was really hard to get my footing I didn't know the Canadian system um because I had literally the only experience I had was in Australia um but my friends were like okay like you know what just do this it's it's lucrative right now um but I couldn't stay in it um for very long so I moved out of that and was looking around to open my own practice. However, you know, you're a student, you're paying back student loans. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get there on my own yet, especially kind of like what I wanted to open. I knew I wanted to go big. um, And so I decided, you know what, instead of going big right off the bat, I need to get my feet wet here in Canada. So I associated with a wellness clinic that had opened recently. I learned with them. So I started, I was the only chiropractor there, but I started learning the business side of things. Like, Oh, so you went and worked as the only chiropractor in a like integrated clinic. 
That's right. So like naturopathic doctors and massage therapists and, um, you know, they treated a lot of different things. It was family wellness, but it was, I, I was the only Cairo there. So I got to kind of set my own way of doing things. Um, and that was really helpful. So, um, and then in the meantime, you know, I started to really grow my prenatal practice. I started, um, teaching anatomy and prenatal yoga classes. I started kind of really, um, building a following online and Instagram. Um, and, um, and that's where it was like a tipping off point. I got to a point where I was hitting a ceiling and I knew there was two options for me. I knew that I could either go on my own and open, which is what I really which is where I'm at now, or I could continue there, but then do something else, do a side hustle, do something else. I was reaching a ceiling. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to jump in. And I just decided to open my own practice. So before we talk about you opening your own practice, when you were working in that, like, were you an independent contractor? Were they paying you? So did it like, were you paid on how many people you saw were you in charge of doing your marketing like I have so many questions how like an integrated clinic works and so I'd love to hear like how it worked there and then like also how it works in your clinic too yeah so it's interesting because they were also new naturopathic doctors so um I had already been in the business for like maybe like four or five years like you know three years of Australia two years of you know, motor vehicle accidents. And so they were new. So I basically got to kind of figure out on my own how I wanted to set myself up. I decided to be an independent contractor from them um, and have a split rate. Um, And then I did almost all of my own marketing um, because I knew what it took to grow a practice. So I got to learn what it was like for them on the business side. But then on my side, I already knew kind of how I wanted to market myself, what I wanted to niche into. Um, And so I took that on myself. Um, So I was there for eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I started really gaining momentum after I had my kids, right? So like, you know, for everyone out there right now, like who um, is looking into pre and postnatal care, like it's amazing. It's a great practice. But what really tends to happen is you become kind of this expert when you start to really get rooted authentically in it. And so for me, that meant having my own kids, my own, my first daughter was born, my only daughter. Um, and for some reason that gained, I, I gained a little bit of traction there. People were like, Oh, she has a kid. Like, let me go see her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really started niching into family care there again. Um, and then, yeah, so that's kind of how I set myself up. Okay. But you said you were hitting a ceiling. So like, Uh, how was, how was that? How was I doing that? Yeah. Yeah. So I was hitting a ceiling because the um, clinic was only, only had one room for the chiropractor. Oh, so I could see myself. I knew um, that I was going to be, I was maxing out on the amount of patients I could see. Mm -hmm. I also knew that if I taught somebody else how I practiced, then I would it would be really, it would be good for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I have a very specific way of practicing. We all do. Right. Like, and I knew what worked for me and I knew what patients wanted. I knew how to connect with them. Um, and so I kind of created this like secret formula, like the secret sauce of how I would treat a patient, how I would follow up, what, what exercises I would give them. And I knew that in order for me to really grow on the next level, I needed to get two or three other chiropractors, train them all the same. Um, and then they would see my patients and I didn't have to work so hard. Right. Like, 
you're hustling. Um, and I knew I needed to start working smarter. So that's kind of how I was kind of maxing out on my ceiling. Okay. So then talk to me about this jumping into making your own and like, so did you start with just like a bunch of people? Like I yeah, just explain to me how this happened. Okay. So this is how this happened. Wow. This is so exciting talking about it. Cause like now I get to look back and go through the journey again. How many um, years ago was this? It was like, literally we opened like a year and a half ago, but oh. it, it felt like the process right. of it was Six like months before a pandemic. <laughs> Totally. I mean, not great timing, but um, this is how it all kind of went down. Like I knew, I, like I said, I knew exactly what worked for the community that I was in. Um, So what I did was I started um, looking into researching where I wanted to be in this community, in this kind of small area of Toronto. Um, And I had a couple of chiropractors, new graduates shadow me. Um, And I, you know, they would observe and I would get a lot of requests that way. I was pretty, I was starting to gain traction on Instagram. And so um, a couple of them reached out to me and they said like, can I shadow you? And so a few of them shadowed me and I knew which ones had it, like which ones were really passionate about what I did. Um, so when I opened my practice, I just kind of reached out to a couple of new grads um, and uh, they started kind of working with me. And so what's really interesting about when we opened Wellbe is we have this really strong mentorship program within the clinic. So um, we mentor, we created a program where we mentor new grads as they come in. Um, I teach them kind of, we do a one-on-ones every like couple of weeks. Um, we spend time in clinic as well as like on the phone and kind of working through challenges that come up with that they're coming, they're facing with, they're faced with. Um, and I developed kind of like this, um, way of teaching them kind of how to grow from a clinical side and then also from a more business um, success growth business mindset as well. And I think that's kind of what really kept us um, engaged with our patients and growing um, as much as we've grown is that level of mentorship that they can get from the practitioners themselves, the clinic. So is the mentorship, like, is there like a set amount of time that a new grad is going to be with you and then you're going to be like, and goodbye? Or no. no. So, um, so like, like, let's say, um, I'll take an example. We have, um, this great chiropractor. Her name is Dr. Devin. She's wonderful. Um, she was one of the chiropractors that, um, shadowed me and I knew right away that she had, um, what's something that I was really looking for. And I knew she was going to be amazing. Um, so she came to work because she was the first person we actually hired on our, our team. Um, and now we're a team of 20, not 20 chiropractors, but team, a team right. of um, okay. so, yep. <laughs> yeah. so we have 20 practitioners working for us at the moment. Um, so what Dr. Devin, she came on and, you know, we started working with her one-on-one to kind of really get a feeling as to where she was in practice right now, what her questions were, how she was treating. And then, you know, I call it like this, the secret sauces, we started kind of honing her into what we were kind of looking for in a a practitioner at Wellbe. Um, what's really important to our patients, their, the experience that they get, the connection that they get, um, the follow-ups, the exercises, everything on that level. And then as she grows, her mentorship grows too. And then she becomes a mentor to newer practitioners that come on board. And it's kind of like a top-down thing. And she continues to mentor with me after, you know, after, you know, after 14 years of practice, you start to kind of get a feel for what the heck you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of what um, our, our new grads do when they come on board. Okay. So you start, how did, 
well be start? How did you grow into 20 (laughs) practitioners? Yeah. So while we started with, um, it all started with the treatment. So my sister had a baby, um, and I was her chiropractor. And one day she was feeding Noah, her little one. He was like, I think it was like four months old. And she went into spasm. She had acute lower back pain, um, as she was nursing him and she called me right away. She came in right away. I was able to get her into my schedule. Um, and she was like, you know what? honestly, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have you. Like, I feel like everybody needs a Dr. Aaliyah. And that idea, that was like the seed that got planted. I was like, what? Wait, we need to, we need to make a lot of Dr. Aaliyahs. Like, I can't be the only Dr. Aaliyah. I need to make Dr. Aaliyahs and we need to grow this, this kind of practice this family practice and so me and her she's my business partner she's my sister she's my business partner education she has an mba okay so she has a master's in business Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so like literally i have no idea when it comes to money i would spend money on all the things she is she guides me she tells me what i can and can't buy and then my side of things is i'm I'm really good clinically so it's a really good pair up yeah Okay. So yeah. So this idea, so this one visit that she had, then like, we were like, wait, like in this area, there's no family wellness. There's no special place you can go to take your kids. All of our practitioners have a pediatric background. And so we wanted everyone to have like a family wellness slant. So we were like, what if there was a space where you would go and there would just be all of the things you could use um, as a family, because it's not just a kid clinic. It's a, it's a clinic that will see people who don't necessarily have kids, um, but are part of the fabric of the community. Um, And that's what we really, really, really focused on. And then ideas to that came like sprouted, like things like we wanted to have a yoga studio that was just dedicated to kids. We wanted to do some mindfulness classes. We wanted to have parenting workshops. And so that idea just kind of blossomed and grew. Okay. But like, how many square feet is it? (laughs) Like, so we have two levels okay, and we have 1500 square feet. Okay. So you're like, okay, we're medium sized people working in this space. And like, how do you start? I'm just picturing, all right. I just left my associateship of eight years. Great. And I am going to like, how do you start to like, did you just start with one, like you? And once you got to a certain number of patients, you added (laughs) in like, what, how did you add them? How did I get there? Yeah. So, I mean, I knew after eight years of practice in this area of Toronto called Leslieville, I knew in Leslieville, I had a pretty steady, stable patient base, had about like a thousand patients, let's just say. And I knew I was seeing everybody like consistently. And I knew I couldn't, I couldn't work 50 hours a week anymore in patient contact. And I knew that if my patients trust me, they would probably trust an associate that I hired. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was the key right there was knowing that I couldn't go on like this, but knowing that I had a lot of, I gained a lot of trust from patients and the the referrals were coming in, right? Like I would get patients from Instagram that were referred by influencers. I would start to get patients of patients of patients, like people's friends of friends of family. Um, And so I started um, with an idea, which was, I'm going to get this, this, um, I I found this space. I'm going to get this space. I'm going to turn it into a, 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 
a level, like a, um, a multi-level kind of practice where we have like the lower level and the top floor as well. And I'm going to start off with one of each specialty. So I'm going to get one chiropractor in addition to myself. I'm going to get a, a one massage therapist that was, that was pediatric pre and postnatal. I'm going to get one occupational therapist, one pediatric physio, one pelvic floor physio that did all that and one naturopathic doctor. So we start of one of each specialty. And the way we work is, is that we have seven rooms and each room kind of gets turned over. There's like a morning shift and an afternoon shift. And a lot of these practitioners now work virtually, which is the reason why we were able to kind of have more on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're also open seven days a week. Okay. We're also open 9am to 9pm. So like we have, you know, like if you need somebody on a Sunday, you're going to be able to see a chiropractor at like, you know, 4pm on a Sunday afternoon. So we, and I mean, that's how families work, right? Like yep. that's how kids work. Kids aren't going to like get hurt on like a Monday afternoon oh. between the hours of nine and five, they're going to get hurt on a Saturday at like 4 p.m. Right. Um, so we just decided, you know what, we are going to stay open. And if people need us, they need us. And that's kind of how we started growing. Okay. And how are you, how are all these people like getting paid? <laughs> so like, I'm assuming they're just like a hundred percent based on like what they see. Yeah. So everything works on a split percentage, right? For us. So we're very, um, um, we, we want to be part of a team. So we don't rent out any of our rooms. Um, everything is, um, associate like an associate. So an independent contractor that gets paid a split fee. Okay. So, um, how yeah, I was going to, sorry, yeah. what were you going to say? No, go ahead. I was just going to say to you, cause I know you guys are, um, you're in America, um, America. Um, we don't accept any insurance. You don't. No. So we're, that was going to be, that was like literally my assumption was that because you're in Canada, well, everything's paid for, they have amazing health insurance. So, cause like I run a cash practice, so, yes. you know, I don't use insurance, but like, I feel like America's always like Canadians and their health insurance. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, they, I mean, everybody has, you know, extended health insurance. They're like, oh, you guys like the HMO, whatever. Um, but we don't take that. Like you will give you a receipt. It's up to you to, to bill that. So we're a cash Is practice. Is that normal in Toronto? Um, yeah. So it's normal to, it's not, uh, you know what? Yes and no. Like there's a lot of people that are doing insurance. Um, I just felt like the, the patient that I wanted was somebody that I didn't necessarily want to be following up for, for insurance money. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have a huge accounts receivable. I needed to pay these people. So I was like cash practice and it's, we've never looked back. We've never regretted it. We've never had yeah. to say to ourselves, why do we do that? Like it's, it's just worked out. So we also like, we don't take workers comp. We don't take motor vehicle accidents. How interesting. You like did two years in and you're just like, no, no, touching that. 100%. No. I was like, absolutely not. Um, and you know what? Listen, if you are a patient of ours and you get into an accident, we're 100% going to support you. We're going to be here for you. We're just, it's up to you to follow your insurance because I don't want to do your paperwork. So, um, so that's kind of where we're at with all of that. I mean, I think our time as chiropractors are better spent treating people than doing the paperwork to, to do all this. I I've done paperwork for two years. I I'm better spent getting my hands on you. Yes. Speaking of treating people then with all of these employees, 
do you like what is your normal week look like are you adjusting or are you just like managing and training and mentoring humans so I am, um, I do still do contact like patient contact. Cause I have a, a really good patient base that I absolutely love. Um, you know, some of my patients I've been seeing for like, I've seen them have like three, four kids. I've seen them get married and then have a kid. And so I'm so it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm knitted part into the fabric of that community. So I still have patient contact time. I work about, you know, like 24 hours a week. Sometimes I work more. I mean, good amount of like patient contact time. Yeah, I yeah, still do. Yeah, that's a lot. So. I still do a lot. I do. And I think it's important because I still want to be rooted in that, that framework, right? Like I, I still want to know what's coming up for other chiropractors that are working for us. I want to know how everything's, how people are feeling. I need to, to experience that for myself. And I'm just, I'm just, I really love being a chiropractor, right? Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you love seeing babies. I, I don't want to stop seeing babies. No, that's they're the best like, part of the job. Yeah. They would, they're like, what gives me life right now. So um, yeah, no, I feel like, you know, I'll always be a, a chiropractor first and a business owner second. Um, and I think, you know, somebody once told me that if you're really passionate about what you do, if you treat and you put your patient first, then your business will grow and they'll be successful. And I've kind of always held on to that mantra, just like knowing that, like, I am a chiropractor. I I'm so passionate what I do and that that is what's going to lend itself to the growth. Okay. So do you think, cause okay, again, a lot of employees, <laughs> It's giving me a little bit of cold sweats thinking about <laughs> that many people. And um, so uh, do, would you say in order to keep the drama, not the drama, the amount of like work of a lot of employees down, are you really good at hiring or are you really good at training and like creating a culture? Ooh, I'm so glad that you asked this question. So culture is really important to well-being. Um, we spend a lot of somebody keeps calling me. Um, we spend a lot of time on, um, uh, growing a culture-based practice, um, or clinic. So one of the things that's really, really important for us is being able to, um, hire really good talent. Just give me one second. I'm just going to do not disturb myself. Somebody really wants me. Um, so we hire, we, this is how we find people just so you know, this is our secret of hiring, how we find talented practitioners. Um, we check them out online. We don't, we don't advertise for our positions. I, I have like one or two people that work with me and we check them out online. We like to have people who are, um, have a little bit of traction online already. So like they have an Instagram follow, like they, they have an Instagram page or a Facebook page. They're kind of already content sharing. They're sharing information. They're comfortable doing that. Um, I find you know, when you're doing that and you're really passionate because you're sharing all of that. So we look for um, people like that. Um, and so we'll just research people online. Uh, we'll research people on Instagram, on, on the internet, we'll Google search everybody. Um, and that's how we found a lot of our practitioners. Um, and then we do, you know, um, our interviews are really focused on figuring out if they're going to fit within the culture of the well-being framework. Um, in terms of clinical skills, I feel like that can be taught. You really need a really great practitioner, someone who has, is able to connect and engage with patients um, before I'm able to teach them anything else. Um, all of that stuff can be things that we work on um, for sure. So that's kind of, and, and the second thing we really love is somebody who can work as a team, right? Like you have 20 people, 
working to one common goal, they all need to be collaborative and work together. You can't be siloed in your practice. One person can't, like I know as a chiropractor, I can't fix everything, right? Like I'm good at some things and there are some things like I hate treating a knee, like let's say, mm -hmm. like I'd rather just send my knee patient to like somebody who really loves treating a knee. So we all have our strengths and weaknesses and we all have to kind of work together. And so we really look for someone who can be collaborative with us as well and really help to bring our vision to life. So um, we actually have a chief culture officer who really kind of, he's like our hype man, you know, like we've, he's part of our leadership team. He hypes up all of our, our practitioners. We do a lot of like, we do high five Fridays where we shout each other out online. We have a Slack channel. Um, we're constantly doing things to connect. We have zoom meetings. We do trivia night. It's, it's like, it is like a family. Um, and so that's how we keep 20 people connected and engaged. Okay. Um, so he's not one of the practitioners. He is our massage therapist. Oh, okay. I was going to say, okay. Um, so when you are, you're talking about like hiring someone in and making sure they're part of the culture, do you use personality tests? Do you just go on your gut? How many people are on the leadership team and involved in like making that decision? Yeah. So our leadership team right now is, mm, so we have, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go through who we have. We have a um, patient experience manager. Um, we have a community manager. We have um, education and clinical training lead, and we have a chief culture officer. So those are kind of who we have right now. Um, I, in um, addition to you and your sister. And so Serena, my sister Serena is um, COO and I'm the CEO. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have the clinicians. We haven't yet. I'm, I'm also acting as a clinical director right now as we try to find someone to fill that role um, as clinical direction. Um, and so I guess like when we, sorry, what was your question? What was I talking about? How do you, remember? do you use a personality? Yes. Oh, a personality. I do, luckily. I was like, what are we saying here? I'm just like, what are talking about? Um, so do we use a personality test? In so much as like, we're not, we do in a way. Um, there is like a few that we will send someone's way in case we're kind of on the fence. But um, Lauren, honestly, I just have a really good gut feeling about people. Sometimes um, we can, we ask specific questions. We often um, do a couple of interviews um, with them. We get them to interview us um, often. And so, I mean, with the pandemic, it's kind of all been online. Um, but in the past, we've we've done a little bit of um, a meetup, very informally, like coffee chats and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, just because we want someone who's going to be with us long-term, right? We're not looking for someone. And so and the investment in time to get to know us is really important and really key for us. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so I have another logistics question. <laughs> so let's say I am pregnant and I call the front desk uh -huh. and I go, I would like to become a patient there. I have some back pain from pregnancy. Like, obviously... I, you know, I'm not like, even like if you're in a wealthy area, people are not like made of money. Mm -hmm. And if you have all of these practitioners that yes, they're yeah, team for sure. But like, if I'm a chiropractor, I'm like, well, she should clearly start with me. Uh -huh. if I'm a physical therapist, I would be like, well, hold up there, Cairo. Like maybe she needs a PT eval. And then the massage therapist is like, clearly her glutes need work. And then like the mental health. So 
how, like, even in a team culture, like I can't have a $6,000 a week bill. Right. So how do you share a patient like this? Ooh. Okay. So, uh, amazing question. And what's really interesting is that, you know, on the outside, when Serena and I set up this business, we were like, that might be something that we need to deal with. It has not come up yet. Like it has not that, 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 um, has not come up for us yet. So I feel like that's a true testament to, in terms of who we've, who we've onboarded, but I'll answer your question. The, the high level answer is, listen, it's whatever is best for the patient. So if we're able to keep the patient front and center, then whatever decisions we make around that patient will be one in which they will, they will recognize as being authentic. So let me explain. If somebody calls up and is like, hey, like I'm pregnant and I have back pain. I don't know who I should see. Who, who would you recommend? Our customer experience team, which are the, the front desk, um, are really good at teasing out the information they need to make a decision as to who that person should see. So they'll ask you things like they'll follow up with things like, Hey, have you, um, what kind of pain are you in? Like, when did this start? Hey, have you thought about seeing a chiropractor or a physiotherapist? What are you leaning towards? Um, do you know anything about these different practices? And it, if all else fails and they're like, honestly, I have no idea who should I see? They'll usually say either the physio or a chiropractor and they will recommend both. Listen, I suggest you see either the chiropractor or the physiotherapist. If you see the chiropractor, if she needs to rope in the physiotherapist, she definitely will. Um, and if you're seeing a physiotherapist and she feels like mm, maybe there's an, an issue with an alignment or maybe you need um, a little bit more work with your pelvis, she'll definitely rope in the chiropractor. Just so you know, we're a collaborative team here. And so we will all work together to get you better. That's kind of what they're seeing right off the bat. From an internal perspective. By the way, I just think it's really impressive. You can tell the level of, not I want to say train, like you can tell how much you still have your hands in the like details of mm. this business. And so like, we're still talking logistics. I can't wait to kind of switch to more like the business hat, but like the amount that you were able to just like give an amazing front desk, like script, it was like, well, that's impressive. I think if I were like going to pretend to be my front desk person for a minute, I'd be like, what do, what do they say again? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, we put into place like a lot of, of scripting, right? So like policies and procedures, you know, um, what, where things go wrong is when you don't have a consistency policy and procedure. So we hire mystery shoppers um, to make sure our quality assurance is up. Um, we make sure that everybody kind of knows the answers to everything. Um, so that is uh, something that we've worked really hard on is making sure all of our policies and procedures are very tightly knit together and everybody kind of understands where, what to do in, in the case that that happens. Um, and then, like I was saying before, like, listen, if I'm seeing a, a patient and she's exhausted all of her chiropractic benefits, let's just say she's saying, listen, I only have one or two chiropractic benefits left or sessions left on my insurance. Um, I'd be like, listen, go see your physiotherapist. Let's just like hop on over. Like Haley, we'll see because you. She's still submitting. So she's she still can. submitting. So she can, so in Canada, sometimes it works like they're all delineated. There's like different pots for each different practice. Mm -hmm. And if it's one big thing, I'll always say to her, like, I'll take her as far as I can go. And if I'm not seeing any results with her, I'm more than happy to refer her. I'd rather that patient get what she needs from the practice, the bit like the itself so that she can refer somebody else. So it's all about her and her experience. If I'm helping her and she's not getting where she needs out of me, 
I'll more than happy refer her to somebody else because I just want her to feel better so that the practice itself gets a really good reputation. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. I am. <laughs> it's amazing. It's such a cool, it's like a dream scenario of being able to work as such a team. Um, so well, what it is, you is a lot of wellness people though, too. So they like, they yeah. do keep coming back. So it's yes. not like you're the type of Cairo that like discharges either. No, I, I do a lot of patient education as does everybody kind of on our team. And so my, my practice is a wellness-based practice for sure. Um, I, I see, see people like the same person, like, you know, there's monthly, there's bi-weekly, there's even weekly. Um, and so I also practice um, different, like different modalities. So like I do acupuncture, I'll do a lot of like soft tissue work. I'll do like different things. I also feel like sometimes um, they just, I'm just part of their family. So they want to see me like, it's just like one of those things, like they see their dentist, they're going to see me. Like it's no different really. Um, and I see all of their kids or I'll see like the spouses. And so it becomes very like we have as at the clinic and I know we've only been open for a year and a half, but I feel like we're part of that community. We're part of those families' lives. And when we were open fully in terms of our yoga studio, we would see the kids every week, right? Like there would be yoga studio, like yoga classes through the week. So they'd come in, they'd bring their kids in, the, the parents would get an adjustment. The kids would be downstairs doing a mindfulness class. And that's where they'd spend their Thursday night, let's just say, or their Saturday morning. So that's kind of the ideal. Like included or are the parents like paying for their kids to do yoga? Yoga. Yeah. So that's interesting that you say that. So it, it is a package deal. Like we'll, we'll, we'll offer them like a six, um, a six session yoga class package, but we're actually in the middle of offering family packages where you would you know, you're part of our, our membership or our, well, we're calling them a well-beer. So you buy a membership to our practice, you get certain sessions, you'll get kids yoga, you'll get a certain amount of workshops. And so that's, we're in the middle of kind of honing out what fleshing out what that looks like. Yeah. So with a membership, like, would they, would it include like a certain number of adjustments a month? Or, that's right. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. So what, how does the team, like what's a team meeting look like? Do you guys meet once a week, like as everybody and discuss patients? Like how does a team meeting? Mm -hmm. So every month we have clinical rounds. Um, so that means that, um, we just assign one person. So, um, the, the girl, um, Haley, she's our phys pelvic physiotherapist. She is the lead of education and training. So she'll organize clinical rounds every month. And so every month we get to meet up all the practitioners online right now in person before, um, and talk about different cases. And we do a lot of case building strategies and we work on, um, problem cases together. Um, and so that's kind of how we do a lot of our information sharing and how we do a lot of our um, case by case kind of troubleshooting. Um, and then every two weeks, we do leadership meetings. So I'll meet with the leadership team. I mean, my sister and I, we literally talk every single day, like multiple times a day. Yeah. We, um, and then every week um, we get together and we look at the stats, right? Like everyone kind of wants to know where the growth is happening in the clinic. So we have what we call a scoreboard meeting. So we have a scoreboard. We know exactly who see, how many people, how many patients each practitioner is seeing. And we'll just discuss kind of what those stats are, what the retention rate is for certain practitioners. And so we can hone in on our marketing efforts if we're we seeing that weekly. Weekly. 
So now if you have, um, okay, hold on, re recap for me. You have massage, physiotherapy, chiropractic. Yeah, so we have um, so we have three different types of physiotherapists, a pediatric physiotherapist, uh, orthopedic physiotherapist, and a pelvic health physio. We have three chiropractors. Um, we have an occupational therapist. Um, we have three social workers um, and three psychotherapists. They're social workers and therapists together. We have two yoga instructors. Um, what did I miss? We have a naturopathic doctor and we have an acupuncturist. Okay, so let's <laughs> say that you're looking at the stats and just to toot chiropractic so let's say chiropractic is really getting a lot more traction Mo most of the new patients or like a higher percentage than anything else is getting those phone calls do you then double down on marketing of chiropractic or do you go like are we not marketing these other aspects enough Ah, uh, yeah. So it's not about for us, it's not about necessarily um, shifting focus. It's just about growing the entire um, education part piece to it. So perhaps like if let's say, for instance, I don't know, acupuncture isn't getting a lot of patients and we've noticed a trend. We're going to increase the education piece around acupuncture to our chiropractors. We're going to increase the education piece around acupuncture to our physiotherapists. We're going to make sure that they know exactly what our acupuncturist does as well as patient facing. So we'll make sure that our patients know we'll do a couple of signage. We'll do a couple of marketing drops. We'll do maybe like a Facebook ad or a google ad um and that way then we're working internally as much as we're working externally okay. we want to make sure that everybody in the clinic knows that our acupuncturist and what she does and what she's really good at doing okay and just to um clarify as a chiropractor i would only get a percentage of people that I adjust, right? So it's not like everybody's getting, like if Welby's doing amazing, but mm -hmm. like I am sucking and not seeing many patients, I don't benefit from the entire growth, right? In a way, um, so the thing is, we've also set aside, um, so this is the thing about um, growing businesses is you have to, we have to realize that as owners that are, the, the business will only do as well as the buy-in from all the practitioners that you have. So if you are a chiropractor working for us and you're not, you're not necessarily hitting your numbers, or you're doing well, well, your, your, your buy-in is going to go down. Your, your morale might go down. If you see all the other patients or all the other practitioners around you doing better than what you're doing. So we'll hustle and we'll kind of like rally around you to kind of pull you up a little bit. The other thing is, is that, we have to realize that as um, team members, as the, if the clinic grows, you're going to grow. So we offer incentives. We offer every year. We talk about, we do a performance plan. We make sure that you're growing um, and you're hitting your tiers or you're hitting your incentive or your bonus levels. And that changes every year. So you have buy-in. The other thing is, is maybe you become, maybe you're, you're a superstar, right? Maybe you have a, like, we have a chiropractor that's like a superstar chiropractor. Well, we're going to promote her into a clinical director role. And, and in that, then she's going to get a little bit more, um, you know, traction from the clinic. She's going to get a lot of skills, business skills, and we're going to give her a fee for being a clinic director. There's like an associated, let's, let's say it's an incentive for being the clinical director. Um, maybe when we grow, we'll give her a clinic and she'll run that clinic. So I think from where we set up, we wanted to make sure that 
it wasn't just my sister and I that were benefiting from the growth of Welby. It was everybody is benefiting from the growth of Welby. So you're not just stagnating. You're not, you're not feeling like you're isolated. We're going to pull you up regardless and, and we're going to see you grow and we're going to grow with you. So you mentioned we might give her a clinic. So is your <laughs> plan to replicate this again in ter- like on another side in another neighborhood in Toronto? Like, are you wanting multiple of these clinics? Maybe. You'll have to wait and see. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. not going to say. Um, yeah, no, we're, you know, it, if it, you know, you kind of want to see growth, right? And so the growth, whatever that means, um, it may mean that we grow out of our space or we, we duplicate what we've got going on right now. It's a wait and see game. We're also FYI, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So like, we're like, that's the uh, thing is that you can <laughs> open a year and a half and one year of it has been, so you had like six months of normal life. And the first six months of a business is not normal life. It's insane life. So that's just impressive in itself that a year and a half and one year of it has been um, in a pandemic. It's crazy. So where did all of this entrepreneurial like come from? Are your parents entrepreneurs? Because both you and your sister definitely have quite a bit of um, intelligence around running a business. And, you know, you kind of glazed over it in the beginning of the thing of the interview where when you came back from Australia and you were, and when you were working at the first associateship in Canada or the only associateship, and you said like, well, I wanted to be able to market myself because I knew what it meant to run a, like grow a business. And I think most people would go, wait, where'd you pick that up? Like you were an associate in Australia and how do you know? Like, so where did it all come from? Ah, okay. So, um, so yeah, like I grew up with, um, my dad was an entrepreneur. Um, he owned his own dry cleaning business. My grandfather was also an entrepreneur. Um, and it was a family business. Um, and so there is a little bit of that. Um, we unfortunately lost my dad a few years back and, you know, you know, this whole entire time he was saying to my sister and I, I think you guys should open up a, a business. I think you guys should open up a clinic together. And um, my sister is very business oriented. I'm very passionate about, you know, people and and Cairo. Um, and so after he passed, we really started, you know, the seed was planted, but it hadn't fully grown. Um, and we started thinking about other businesses that we could open up. We didn't, I didn't really think about for some reason. Cairo didn't really, I don't know why. I just like, didn't think about it. And so I think what it, what it comes down to is we both have hustle. You need a lot of hustle to grow this business. You need, you need to be resilient. And um, we just like failure is not an option, you know? So, and you know, like um, it, uh, half of it is passion and half of it is you fail and then you pick yourself back up and then you go again. So yes, Welby is successful for what, where we are right now in business. Um, but the failures like tried something and it failed and then we tried again and then we tried again. And if, if I were to share exactly how many times we've kind of come up against a wall and then had to pivot, right? Like the pandemic itself was a huge pivot for us. Um, so I think, that is what 
I would say is the key for me is I just have a lot of hustle. Failure is just not an option for me. Um, and so that's kind of where that drive comes from. And from the marketing perspective, I, I think for me, it's, I just, I, I don't want to say this. I feel like this is going to come out maybe wrong, but you know, when you, you know, this Lauren, like, you know, when you know that you make a difference in people's lives, you know, when you just like get that feeling, yeah. you feel pretty significant, you, you make someone feel better and you know that you maybe got some, you know, you're, you know, you, you yeah. got something, you don't have imposter syndrome anymore. You know that you actually are pretty good at what you do. Well, when you find that and you feel that confidence, it's really easy to market that. Like, it's really easy to, to feel good about what you're doing. And so for me, the marketing aspect is literally just education. I don't do a lot. We don't do a lot of like salesy marketing. We just do a lot of content sharing and like sharing, you know, information. And that's why that's where that marketing edge comes from. So So like when you say content sharing, tell me more, I would love to just hear a little bit more about how, so it sounds like you find people who are naturally drawn to social media and like just kind of want to be in front of people educating. Mm-hmm. So, yes. and then like, <laughs> so that's a big piece. How else do you run this marketing aspect? Like, yeah. So, um, so when I say content sharing, I mean, like we're, we're, get, we're, we're, we're showing you all the stretches you could do for your sciatic nerve pain. We're showing you what our work from home stretches would be like. We're showing you how to sleep better. We're going to show you how, the acupressure points that are going to help you for stress. Like we're giving you what you're asking for, what you, what you come in for. And you're like, Hey, like what pillow should I buy? Yeah. Okay. Like if you have that question, how many other people have that question? I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to provide you with that information that you need. Um, Facebook, Instagram. So yeah. So for me, like, yes, I, I, um, I do a lot of sharing on TikTok. That's kind of become my new platform. Um, we do a lot on social media. Um, Instagram, um, is a big thing for Wellbe. Um, we do a lot of blog posting, we do a ton of newsletters, um, to our patients. Um, you know, uh, we do, um, we'll, we'll do workshops and we'll have them running for free. Um, you know, like like not in person, right? No, virtually. Okay. Okay. Virtually. Yeah. 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 But before it was in person, right? Like we have the space for it. So we'll run those, um, uh, you know, in clinic, um, we do, we'll, um, do a lot of collaborations, so Wellbe will collaborate with other businesses um, or other influencers in the area. Um, we used to participate in conferences. Um, now we've we've done a few virtual conferences where we'll spend time setting up a booth online. There's some really amazing platforms out there for conferences, by the way. Just like it's incredible to see what people are doing online right now. Yeah, it is very cool to see it's how so cool things have been forced to pivot. Okay. So let's say that I'm Sarah and I'm one of your chiropractors and (laughs) I have like whatever following and you hired me. Is it, do you lay out expectations that like, I will create a certain amount of, cause like I have my following and then Welby has their own accounts. So I'm assuming you know, is the easiest thing that like, I'm going to, as a chiropractor, make a TikTok and then Wellbe will just like use that TikTok as well. Like, 
Mm -hmm. And then like, is there a certain amount of information and content sharing that's expected of me? Kind of, um, in a way, like when you sign on to us for us, um, to our, um, on our hive, we'll kind of work with you to see where you're at in terms of how comfortable you feel. Like we, you know, um, we're looking for someone who is comfortable, which educating, because I think that that's really key, but you don't necessarily have to have a huge following on social media. You don't actually like uh, some of our practitioners don't have social media right now, but they're comfortable sharing on our platform. So, um, you know, that's, and, and if you're not comfortable, we'll work with you. Like we'll figure out a way that they'll make you comfortable. And after all of that, if you still don't feel comfortable, well, you're going to be writing blog posts for us. Like <laughs> you're going to be, because that's how you grow. Like that's how you, that's how people see your name. That's how they'll find you online. That's how, because if you, if we think to ourselves, well, we're just going to do word of mouth. It's not going to work anymore. We're in an age, it's a digital age. We need to be found online right now. And that I think is important to know. If you are a new chiropractor and you're looking to grow, you have to grow digitally as well um, as in person. And I think that old way mentality of saying like, I'm going to do, um, you know, a, a news drop or a postcard drop, it doesn't, it doesn't traction anymore. There's no traction there. Um, it's very minimal. Um, so yeah. So when you sign on to us, we'll say like, listen, like, how do you feel comfortable doing a couple of TikToks with us? Let's do like one or two TikToks for our pelvic health physio every week. And she's, you know, taking her as, for, as an example, she's great at doing her own stuff and we'll just repurpose her stuff from Wellby's account. Um, we have no, we want to throw attention to her as well. Cause if she gets attention, we'll get attention. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like that mutual sharing, right? Like she doesn't have to just create content for us. If she's creating content for her, her platform, we're going to benefit too. Cause she's going to tag us in it. We're going to repost it. Yep. How do you keep from um, like, spastic because within health like a family health you could have somebody talking like really on a like platform of ear infections one month but then somebody else is really on a platform of like vegan eating or like you know do you have like themes in your marketing Mm -hmm. that you try like so it seems cohesive 100%. Um, We have a marketing team. Uh, We have a social media manager and a creative uh, uh, designer, and they both work with us to create a really cohesive marketing strategy. So um, that's really important. I think like, you know, for us, for instance, um, for example, is February is Black History Month. So we're going to do a couple of drops on Black History Month, but also February is an important time to focus on sleep because we want to self-care, self-love. So we'll really focus on sleep sleep tips, sleep positions, sleep, sleep hygiene, anything that has to do with sleep, melatonin. We're going to talk about that. Like, so we'll theme it out and then we'll repurpose content from other practitioners and we'll tell everybody what the theme is. So if they're going to be creating content and if they want to create it around our theme, then we'll repurpose that. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. It's incredible. I, when Canada opens, I want to come visit. Like, oh my gosh. Yes, you do. You need like such a happening place <laughs> canada or like oh no no not canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah canada's yeah. not that happening listen shout out to all my canadians out there listen canada is amazing we're kind of sucking right now at the pandemic but 
we're going to be back. We'll be back before we know it. Um, a lot of censorship happening, right? Like, I mean, not happening. Like, um, okay, well, this is like my ignorant American. So um, over in Vancouver, whichever. And that is evidence. the West BC. Yep. Yeah. Yes, BC. Um, like they were for a little while in 2018 or 19 talking about like chiropractors not being able to talk about like pediatrics and stuff. And when that was happening, they were saying like, well, there's another providence that's already that not allowed to even like talk about. So is that like a concern? I would imagine with a very like chiropractors led, like the only person who can say the word, you know, immune system is our naturopath. Like but Toronto and your province is still safe and fine. Yeah, you know, I think I think with any um I'm going to like sound really PC here. I think like with any group of practitioners, you're going to have people on one end of the spectrum and on the other end of the spectrum and you know, creating that cohesiveness has been a challenge in the chiropractic world right now. Um specifically right now. Um and so a lot of the times instead of having conversations with one another there just becomes kind of a little bit more of like a unilateral decision not to do one thing or do another thing and so I think right now especially given the nature of the global climate of where we're at right now we really need to have conversations we all need to to start communicating a bit better um and having instead of cutting each other off or or slamming each other down there needs to be we really need to come together and what's really interesting is we've been saying that for so long and yet it still kind of remains to be seen what we're going to do there um but for for us anyway i think if i can run my practice in a way that feels really true and authentic to me, then that's all that matters at this moment in time. Um, we can talk about other, all of those other things um, and it's an ongoing discussion. But right now what's really important is how my patients feel, how people feel in the community, but and then they can trust us as chiropractors, as practitioners. Like I just wanna make sure that I'm able to be there for them. Yeah. So that's what I put first and foremost, just like be there for your patient, whatever comes, it, it's going to be okay. As long as you're able to stay authentic and true to what you really believe. Yeah. Um, okay. Final couple of questions. Are there any other integrated clinics that you really admire that you kind of used as inspiration or did you just be like, Nope, I can't think of anybody. I'm making exactly what I want. <laughs> of course. Yeah. We're definitely inspired by people, um, and brands. I think like when we talk about clinics, yeah, like there are a couple, but more importantly, where we, we were inspired by brands, right? So we want to be a brand. We have a, a single vision to be kind of one of those brands that people associate with. Um, so when we talk about um, clinics, we were inspired by a clinic. Um, we were actually mentored by um, the CEO of Myo Detox. Um, so I don't know if you guys know what that is down there, but it's big in Canada. It's a physiotherapy lifestyle brand up here, um, a series of clinics here. And in, I think they're, they have one in West Hollywood, um, but they have one all through Toronto. Um, they kept their branding really clean and simple. Um, and, you know, um, very singular, like they're there to future-proof your body. That was what they said their, their single line is. And so we wanted to emulate that, but more family wellness. Um, and so that's kind of how it lended itself. Yep. Um, there wasn't one particular clinic, Lauren, that we kind of centered it on. We took bits and pieces from yep. 
different things that we really loved and then we put them together. Um, but yeah, some of the brands that we absolutely love, like are like the honest company. We love, we love that brand and what there's, what they stand for, you know, like, um, just really focusing on the, the, the conciseness of the, the vision and mission, what they stood for. And that's kind of how we structured Wally. Okay. It's something for parents and it's something for kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So final piece of advice for a chiropractor who wants to have, like it's currently just adjusting, but they want to have like this under one roof, maybe not 20 people, maybe not that big, but like they want more of a team, multiple disciplinary approach. How do you recommend they like get started? Mm. Like go just hire 15 different Mm. practitioners. No, no, don't. And don't hire random people. No, we don't want that. Um, So this is, this is, this is a really great question. I think find one or two people that you really, uh, you know, you, you feel like you trust what they do. Like you feel comfortable referring your patient to them and you have established kind of like this, this trust relationship where you feel comfortable referring your patient. They feel comfortable referring your patient. Find one or two pe- people like that in your network. And it doesn't necessarily have to be under one roof. You don't want it to be right. Like before I started off, like I was referring to an acupuncturist down the street, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a great back and forth. I have a couple of midwives that I absolutely love. And like, they back and forth with me and a doula that like I love. And so like we back and forth with each other. So it's the relationships that you build. So if you really want to work in multidisciplinary in a practice like that, you don't need to go right away and just like find all these people. You need to find one or two people that you can truly trust and build relationships with and you feel comfortable with. And that's how you get started. Yep. And then you have relationships and you see that the referral system works, that they're going to refer to you when they think so, like it's necessary and you're going to refer to them. And so you have this trust. So then it's just like, well, what if we moved into that building together type thing? Totally. And for any new grad out there, it's really important to, um, refer to somebody that you 100% would just send your grandmother to, right? Like you're not going to send them to like somebody that you haven't really been to, or you don't know about because a patient will come back and be like, who the hell did you refer me to? Like who was, and then your credibility goes down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, often sometimes I, you know, when I was first getting started, I would go see the massage therapist down the street and have her treat me and like go to her several times and like build that relationship. And then she would come see me and maybe it works like a trade. Um, use the midwife. If you're delivering your own baby, use a midwife that you love and then refer your patients to that midwife. Cause you've had that experience and your patients will be like, Oh my God, like she used that midwife for her own baby. That midwife was amazing. Or that doula must be amazing. And like, do it that way. That's, that's key. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This- I love talking to you. We can talk all day. I know. I know. Like we're, we're going to need to get some coffee and yeah, I'll come to Toronto. It's better than Rice Lake where I live. So it's fine. I don't know. <laughs> we don't okay. want to come here right now. Right. Later, later. Yeah, yeah. Maybe later, maybe later. So, well, um, I will have Kirby drop your handle and all of your information in the show notes and stuff like that, but also give a shout out where people can find you, follow you, get more of you. 
Yeah. So you can kind of, I mean, where you'll find me everywhere. Uh, so I'm on Instagram. If you want to follow me at Dr. Leah Vistram, I'm also on TikTok. Um, and if you get to talk about TikTok, Oh, we didn't talk about TikTok. Guys, we'll have to have another session and we'll talk about TikTok because TikTok is blowing up. One piece of advice. If you're not on TikTok, you need to be on TikTok immediately. Get on TikTok and just start doing videos and they will go viral. I promise. Um, So you can find me on TikTok. They will not just go viral. They will. They will. They will. They will. will. My favorite part of your secret sauce. Also found a secret Uh, sauce too. Two ingredients to TikTok. A really good a really good song a really good song and a very short information packed video those are the two secrets make it short it doesn't need to be 60 seconds make it like a stretch one or two not a lot and in a really good viral song that is all you need all you need Uh, that's it but but stretches is mostly what you honestly for some reason i went through i i'm in the algorithm of tiktok stretching so that's where you can find me um but other other chiropractors are doing their own thing and um they're blowing up on tiktok so it's a really great information sharing um so yeah and then you can find me at um hellowellbe.com as well that's if you want to check out our website and see um the amazing people we have they're up on there as well so incredible well thank you so much Love chatting with you, Lauren. Come visit anytime. That's good. Okay, She Slayers, go follow this amazing woman and um, we'll all just like fall asleep dreaming of our cool integrated clinic that we will have in the future. So until next week, She Slayers, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.